0: Hello, this is episode 287 of the Football Psychology Podcast, I'm Nisha So this is an unusual podcast, especially because I'm going to put the name in the title. You know how I feel about hashtags. But this is a Ceasley Tyson podcast. This is lessons in looking to biographies to find yourself. I prescribe biographies for everyone I work with, regardless of age. And I really love the fact that there's some great series out now, for Younger People. The name escapes me now, but I know I've suggested Muhammad Ali and Frida Kahlo and all sorts of people. This is also a lot of what I've been talking about living in the gap. And it's a lot that I don't share because I feel projected at. And so I thought it would be good for me to walk the talk here for you all. This is a biography that I've really enjoyed there's been so many aspects of it that I have felt really connected to. Starting with the very observant, quiet child who was shy. I'm the same as a grown up. A joke that I'm an observational scientist. But there was an aspect of ceaselessly doing this as she grew up and storing all of that information about people and their mannerisms and their characteristics and then channeling it into roles later. I stored up all of those experiences and still do and have an almost a sort of a replay in my brain, which helps me understand people. There was a sense that she almost felt the spirits of her characters, the connections to them so deeply. And I feel the same in people that I work with and people that I hold. There's a theme through her whole biography of manifesting experiences to grow. It's a huge part of her story and the confidence to follow that inner voice of knowing. And I do this all the time. It's something that I have suppose over the last eight years in particular, I've really grown into mastering this, into following the knowing but also manifesting what I need. I actually manifest situations to be able to write books. There's a sense of being in your body. And for years I had this idea that I wasn't good at this because you're told that you're too sensitive. And it's quite refreshing to listen to someone so much in their body. And again, channeling this into a profession but also utilising the sensitivity. I think a lot of people have sort of implied that I'm in my mind because that's what I share. I don't share the rest except with those very close to me. And I never talk about all that I hold or all that I really manage in holding others and the feelings and the intake of the world. And my sensitivity. But I have to be very good at it to be comfortable in it all. And I am very comfortable in crowded situations and in the city bars and in all I absorb from people and being in situations. So I've learned that I'm exceptionally in my body, in fact. And there's an aspect in the later stages of her book where she's very self-healing. I probably have the same... I probably have the same take on doctors. No doctor sees me very often. And if COVID has taught me anything, it's how good I am at keeping my body right. I haven't gone near a doctor for COVID. I've used a lot of alternatives. And I told a friend that I feel like I'll have that for COVID at this point. And I also understand what it does to the body and how I need to rebuild it, and what I need to do that. So there's a complete theme of that with her, both in her story and in how she helps Miles Davis as well. And there's a real obsession with healthiness, and it is to the danger point of obsession. And I'm very conscious of balancing this out. But her her lifestyle and her choices were exceptionally rigid. And she's exceptionally clean-living, there's a whole sort of routine with food, which I do as well because I seldom eat dinner. I'm also a vegetarian. I do drink a lot of celery juice, especially during the summer. And there's a, a fitness element to it as well, and a sort of a, a structure in your body, and using a lot of the, the alternatives as well, which I would gravitate towards. So it was it was it was funny to hear all of that. And I would relate a lot of that back to being so sensitive in your body and having such a good read of what's happening for your body and what isn't. And I think one of the the parts that often frustrates me with doctors is that they don't want to listen to that or they don't want to believe it. There's a big theme in carving a path that's not yet formed and having the self-worth to do it. And living as an authentic being, and by living that way, what it enables and empowers others to do around you. And this was once said to me in a reading that I did, that I live as a role model just by being a true expression of myself. And that self is very quiet and shy and introverted and doesn't actually like a lot of attention. And so for a person who spent so much time centre stage, Cecily Tyson doesn't particularly enjoy intention either or enjoy being in the limelight and always has a space to go back to, to shut the world out. And I really identified with that. But there is a sense of her, by being her, that that facilitates others to reach for the things that she's carved out. And one of the funny ways this comes up for me, and actually I wrote about it in my teen book, and there's a family reading it at the moment, and when they got to it, they laughed, because the same thing had happened. And i often find that people copy my hairstyles, especially students that I work with, that they'll actually take pictures of my hairstyles to the hairdressers. And I think that it's one of the aspects of ourselves that we most sort of take ownership of when we have confidence is our hair. It's, it's quite... And there's, in fact, now that I started to talk about that, there's a whole chapter on hair in Cecily Tyson's book on having her hair natural as a black woman and of the revolt that that created, even down to her own mother barring her from her apartment block at one point. So there's a, there's a great deal about what you instill in others just by how you actually travel through the world. And that doesn't necessarily have to be incredibly loud. It's just incredibly authentic. And there's a worth that you gain for other people. Like, it's shocking that some of her best-known parts, that she was paid so little for those roles. But by the end of her career, she'd completely changed the landscape for black people within the film industry. But she was prepared to carve that path. And I identify with it because i have carved a path for what people can be expected to achieve within education with dyslexia. It's a similar thing. It's, it's rewriting the expectations of people, but by doing it in a way because you've actually lived it. And there's a secureness and a worth in what you actually take on. Like she turns down many roles because she doesn't want to fulfill the stereotypes of what a black woman should be in the, th- in the movies. And that just takes, it takes so much integrity and so much knowing and so much strength to do that at times. But you have to have a secureness in what you deserve and how you deserve to be treated. There's a slight superhuman complex, I call it a Superman complex, in saving others and there's a lot with her relationship with Miles Davis that reminds me of my younger relationships and for me I don't do this personally anymore and I I don't like it's not a judgment of her dynamic and her deep connection to Miles Davis and I really understand that too I think he was an exceptionally complex character and it would have taken someone such as her to be able to be in a relationship with him at all, for any length of time. But I don't choose to do that personally anymore. I tend to try to help people first, to grow independent of me. I think my younger self would have taken my work home a lot more. So yes, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of aspects that I don't tend to to talk about much within her life within her story, there's a lot of nuggets there that really speak to me. And I think that this is what biographies in general offer people, especially when they're so truthful and you present yourself warts and all and you get to see the best and worst, the strengths and weaknesses of your character. You get to see what it can be potentially channeled to. And you can also get to see the timeline. And it's just as well that she lived till she was 97 because she possibly would not have lived to see the accolades if she hadn't and to see the recognition and to see the change of landscape. But her last chapter of that biography in particular shows that the, the changes that are made within the fabric of a society are much deeper. They're not just policies or ideals. They're people such as herself who've lived the truth, who've gained the ground for others by their work. But if you don't have this self-belief and the self-worth and the integrity to walk that path. It doesn't matter how many people have done it for you.